This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that is keeping our southern border open during the government shutdown. I'm Yvette, your co-host, and here is my lovely co-host, Alice. Alice, how are you doing? Is your southern border open during this shutdown or what? Well, <laughs> that was a horrible porn <laughs> voice. I'm sorry. How's your southern border? Bow chicka bow. What? How's my southern border? Uh, Well, it definitely has a landing strip, so it's open for business. (laughs) I mean, I feel like we've had this conversation about whether or not I'm checking for visas down there. But I mean, I'm, again, not asking for personal... I'm not asking for passports. I probably should, though. I don't think anyone needs a passport check before entry, so to speak. I think that would be weird. Before I fuck you, I need to make sure you're not one of those weirdos from Belarus. I mean, that's not a thing anyone ever says. It's not? I don't know. I would say I've never met someone from Belarus, but one of my grandparents is from there, so I've seen myself. I know one person from Belarus, but it's a she, so I've never met a guy from Belarus, actually, if I think about it. Hmm. Maybe it's not an actual country. I was just grabbing a random. I was plucking one. One that we don't normally hear in the context of keep our borders protected. I've also, frankly, never, and I know these countries sound sexual because I'm a 12-year-old boy, but the countries Djibouti and Bhutan, I have legitimately never met someone from either country. So those are two, again, possibly fake on the map. I still attest that I will never grow up as long as I will still giggle at the city Bangkok I'm sorry. It's eternally a giggle-worthy word, at least in in my language. I'm sorry. I'm not mature. I mean, I've been doing okay, but you've been on a crazy elimination diet lately. Oh, yeah. We're going to keep the mess of details out of this. I've been having a little bit of tummy problems. We'll keep it to that. But one of the uh, ways that you can determine what's happening with stomach issues is through an elimination diet. And this is part of the reason why people think silly things like detoxes work is because it takes a lot of stuff out of your diet that could be causing uh, gastric pain. So I am on Soylent. I'm living on Soylent right now. Don't live on Soylent. And I mean, and no. for listeners who don't know what Soylent is, it's a food substitute. Yeah, human chow. It is. Yeah, <laughs> because a guy created it because he just didn't want to live on pizza and just like shitty office food. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have nothing against it nutritionally. And that was why I said, all right, if I have to kind of do an elimination diet to figure out what's irritating my lower parts, you know, let's find something that's nutritionally balanced. So I went for Soylent. Like they have it broken up so that each uh, like fifth, because a 400 calorie serving of it, you know, is your fifth of your 2000 calories a day. Each 400 calorie serving has exactly a fifth of your nutrients that you need for the day. I'm like, Jesus, they really did their math on this. It's well balanced. It seems healthy enough, but you know what? It's not a thing I would do long-term. I also haven't seen any studies showing that it's bad for you long-term, but that's also because it hasn't been out that long. But as far as meal replacements go, it was one that didn't have dairy. It was one that didn't, it was very low on ingredients that could irritate my stomach. So the punchline is it's been nine days and I miss chewing. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but like I, you know, I write about diets a lot in the in the science I write about. And, you know, part of the thing that will help someone succeed on a diet is eliminating the foods that they can't say no to in the house, right? Like I can't say no to ice cream. If it's in the house, it's gone in two days. Speaking of creamy substances, <laughs> great transition. So I wasn't done with that though. So sh- almost there. But the problem is like if you're on a diet where you can't eat anything else and it's for a medical condition, you won't eat anything. So like I've been supposed to eat or drink 2,000 calories a day worth of Soylent. I can't get down more than three of these a day. So I I mean, I wasn't doing this to lose weight, but it's making me lose weight. Like the good news is my stomach feels better. It's a start. It's, I always tell people, keep the stuff out of the house that you can't control yourself around. But the, the other lesson to this is don't make a diet so fucking boring that you crash from this because this is just a medical thing that's happening for me. I can't imagine living on Soylent. Anyways, creamy substances. Creamy Go. substances. <laughs> so one of our listeners sent in a very interesting cookbook to us. Mm. Yeah, I know you're groaning already because I kind of already already spoiled it for you. Um, I mean, I'd seen it before you sent it to me, but you know, we have to talk about it now. It's called Natural Harvest, an inspirational collection of semen-based recipes. So as soon as I saw it, I knew I had to download it because it cost five bucks. And I was like, is someone parroting this or are they actually serious? No, they're absolutely serious. I mean that, and you need to figure out something to do with that five gallon bucket of semen in your closet. It's getting weird at this point. Like it's going to, eventually it'll grow mold. Hey, it's going to come in handy one day. Okay. When the apocalypse hits us, as in our movie for today, we're going to need that five gallon bucket of sperm. You're going to be so proud of me for harvesting. (laughs) I always wondered why your wrists seemed abnormally strong. It's from all the men I've been holding down and jacking off. You didn't have help with the holding down or you just didn't need to hold them down? I... If you guys could see the facial expressions going back and forth right now, it's pretty good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Look, most were willing to participants. Some were horses. But continuing. <laughs> so I'm curious how this semen cookbook came about. Was there a history in it? I didn't have a chance to have a look through it much. Well, was... it has an introduction. Should I read it? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go Let's with inform and horrify our listeners. We're getting to porn eventually, we promise. I want to just clarify that what I'm about to read... Not medically sound, not not nutritionally sound. If you're a dietitian, you're going to be horrified. Actually, if you're if anyone, you're going to eat cum, please just don't do this. Don't do this. Like I, mm. we humans are truly omnivores. We will eat just about anything as long as something edible either tastes good, makes us feel good, provides energy, nutrition, or adds a pleasurable texture. We find ways to eat it. Anyone who has traveled abroad knows that foods we might find strange or unpleasant may be considered delicate in other countries. Rotten fish is a national dish in Sweden, while Australians spread a concentrated yeast extract on their breakfast toast. Don't you fucking (laughs) compare Vegemite to eating cum, okay? One of them is a form of pornography, and one of them is delicious on toast. And I know I'm the weirdo American for actually liking Vegemite slash Marmite, but oh my god, (laughs) they really went there? Yes! I'm not even done. The British love their blood sausage, and guinea pigs are roasted for dinner in Peru. All the while, Americans and Europeans consume vast amounts of milk and other dairy products that consist of mammary secretions from cows. Compared to semen, milk might be considered positively disgusting. No. (laughs) I'm not done, but this is amazing. (laughs) Carry on. 
semen is not only nutritious, but it also has a palpable texture and wonderful cooking properties. Like fine wine and cheese, a taste of semen is complex and dynamic. Semen producers can generate a wide range of semen tastes simply by making minor dietary adjustments. Well, men, hello. <laughs> um, semen is inexpensive to produce and commonly available in many, if not most, homes and restaurants. I mean, it's found in restaurants of people who are shitty patrons. Oh, my God. <laughs> Despite all these positive qualities, semen remains neglected as a food. This book hopes to change that. I'm going to skip the last paragraph, right. but I, I just... It's bad enough. It is bad enough. But what my favorite thing is the recipes are super serious, and they even have a, how you can incorporate it into drinks, such as smoothies. They have something called an almost white Russian. <laughs> my favorite, though, personally, is the Splasherita. It's almost like a frozen daiquiri uh, margarita, and you put in a tablespoon of fresh semen, but my favorite is float the semen over the drink. It will coagulate as it cools and adds a splendid finishing touch to this popular drink. What? Yeah, I always look for coagulated salty stuff in my sweet beverage. Really? Here's the thing that I was expecting. I was expecting them to say, you dip it into the semen and you use that as part of the salted rim. Oh, come on. That's thinking. But coagulated? What are you? Have you people? Do you, <laughs> like, I don't drink and I can think of a better idea for these people. Wow. There's also wow. a tuna sashimi with dipping sauce. Um, no. Yes. No. Roast, yeah. Roasted <laughs> lamb with good gravy. Uh, it's you know what I get it that some people are sheep fuckers but this is taking your desire to put your semen into a sheep a little too far stop it okay you sheep fuckers so first <laughs> off I, I have a number of questions <laughs> I mean the first being the most yes. obvious of why you know what somebody made sourdough bread and uh, I think yogurt out of feminine yeast so I, I and I am an equal opportunity fuck you don't do this person I think both ideas are just fucking stupid you know what like stop trying to eat parts of humans I've been asked before to swallow but like this is taking it to a new extreme yeah, like, I mean, uh, it's, to quote Samantha from Sex and the City, do you swallow? Went surprised. But, you know, like, that is one thing. That seems like the appropriate thing in the moment. I don't need to take that moment into the kitchen oh, no. and measure it out into recipes. I feel that's a bit excessive. That might also ruin the mood. Honey, hold on. I have to <laughs> scrape this off my glasses. How many comes does it take to make one apple pie recipe from these people? I need to know. Like, I know it depends on the man, but still. Well, also, there are a couple other questions there. Vasectomy versus non-vasectomy. Does that count? Does it change it? What does the diet look like beforehand? Can yeah. you not use it if they were consuming asparagus the night before? Or oh. do you have to force the guy to drink pineapple juice for a couple days if you're working on that apple pie. Do they have to go on a cleanse? If they are nutritionally deficient, does that change the ability of this come to be viscous enough to do the things you needed to do in cooking? What about the consistency of cum? There are a lot of different consistencies. I think these people did not think this shit through. No matter how serious they claim to be, they're full of shit on some level. What's the proper way to store semen? Oh my God, can you freeze it into ice cube trays? 
Yes. Should you freeze it into ice cube trays? I say you can freeze it because I've worked in medical testing and indeed, of course, you can freeze. You can freeze anything. No, no, no. I mean, you just happen to have your husband's cum in an ice cube tray. Don't the, tell it. In the freezer. God. If people come to a party at my house, yeah, I'll bring you a bag of ice after listening to this podcast. Oh, God. Oh, God. Nope. Nope. Oh, so um, so now we know we can freeze cum. You learned that today. If it's it's not a fun party trick. I don't know who it's fun for. <laughs> the fun party trick would be seeing a guy aim it all into one ice cube tray. You mean into one specific section of an yes, ice cube tray? Yes, one cube of the tray. I'm just saying, I want to see that happen. I, I have faith in you, Jen, so I think you can do that. You know what? Not a decent party trick. I support that, actually. So speaking of semen, we have another semen-related story because, of course, oh, we do. God. Yeah. So, again, semen is not food and it's not a fucking cure-all. Alice, let's talk about this story of someone injecting semen into themselves to cure things. Oh, yeah. So we have a 33-year-old man who it was published in an Irish medical journal that he had a history of chronic lower back pain. He complained of severe sudden onset lower back pain from lifting a heavy steel object naturally. The thing you do to cure that is he gave himself intravenous shots of his own semen for 18 consecutive months, sometimes doing three doses of semen. I I just, I wanted, how much was this man jerking off to get all this semen? And how did this only catch up with him after 18 months? And the next question is, like, how many months did he think this was going to fucking take? Like, I think after month three, I'd be like, you know, maybe I should stop because I'm starting to chafe. I mean, he, um, hold on. Let me just see. People are always going to inject weird things into themselves. But then again, I take a dick. So what can I say? Yeah, but you're not injecting it into your arm, (laughs) forearm, which is where exactly he was injecting this into. Why? I, I'm trying to think of... I mean, it. he had to be treated by a hospital because uh, yeah. and given antibiotics, obviously. But also, what makes you think, oh, well, yeah, so I have back pain, so let me just, you know, get a hypodermic needle and shoot semen into my arm. No. I'm just saying, look, I'm not trying to promote heroin. I'm just saying it will kill pain much better than... Se- don't do heroin. Please don't do heroin. I'm not saying to do heroin. But like when I think of things to shoot into my body that will make back pain not be a thing, semen is not the thing I think of. Don't do heroin. But why did he think semen? Who told him this? Who can- Why? Why? I just don't get it. Like, maybe did he think, oh, this is because it's half of a baby. Maybe this is a stem cell. Like, did he get that idea? That's not how science works. That's the closest I could have thought of how he got to that. I don't know. Did he think it was going to impregnate his back with better cells? I'm so confused. To which then I'm kind of thankful he didn't shoot it up into his spine. I mean, that I feel like that could have started a host of other issues. I mean, he already has enough mental issues that he thinks that he should be shooting semen into it. I'm not saying shoot it into your... Sp- Just don't fucking shoot things into yourself that your doctor hasn't directly told you to. I, if you have God. back pains, go see your doctor. Go see a go physical see therapist. Doctor. Yeah, don't take advice from us on how to treat your back pain either. Just don't take advice from unlicensed idiots on the internet. We're unlicensed idiots on the internet, so we're telling you not to take advice from us. So what have we learned today, audience? Don't eat semen. Don't inject semen. Don't eat semen recreationally. I mean, whatever you do in the confines of your bedroom between you, 
a couple of men, three floggers, and a player to be named later from the minor leagues. That's up to you. Had to turn it into a baseball joke, sorry. Go for it. Now, don't apologize. (laughs) So people are silly, and so was the porn that we watched this week. Yeah, so the porn that we watched this week. How do we start describing Cafe Flesh? uh, It's... I actually went and like, for once, I went and looked up the plot of a thing because I'm like, I have to make sure I'm not hallucinating this. This seems like, and it it was exactly, uh, because like sometimes these things, one of the bigger problems with the exposition in a porn with a plot is like, they don't quite explain, they don't do all the exposition. You kind of have to go, I think this is what happened. And it it was, this was a post-apocalyptic wasteland where they'd had a nuclear uh, war, nuclear fallout, and now we have the neggies and the pauses, the negatives, uh, the people that no longer can have sex without having violent illness befall them, and the pauses who can still fuck. And of course, you know, this wouldn't be complete, this post-apocalyptic sci-fi porn, if it wasn't made by the same people who did Night Dreams. And Night Dreams, of course, had fucking with a mask on. So you know what this had? Fucking with not just a mask, but a rat mask in one seat and a pencil over oh, hold a guy's that entire thought. torso. Hold the that. pencil! We're gonna oh get to it! There was a missed opportunity not to use like a pencil-like shaped dildo. A, a squishy one, don't worry, but a pencil-shaped dildo. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Hold that missed opportunity. So you're <laughs> right. It is a post-apocalyptic film. And by the way, if you haven't listened to our episode yet on Night Dreams, yeah. uh, go back. It was one of our earlier episodes where we still had no idea what the fuck we were doing. And But Night Dreams was amazing. It was amazing because you had everything from uh, lesbian sex scenes, uh, including cowgirls, to yeah. a box of cream of wheat getting fucked to Old Man River. That, that yeah. happened, yeah. There were some some culturally awkward moments. I'm just saying, every time we go back to one of these older porns, we sit here and go, wow, the occasional weird, like, or, you know, jarring or awkward line from a new porn makes us go, whew, it was way worse back in the day. There are things that are interesting in some of these scripts. Moving on. So that's the porn we watched today. Same kind of tone yes. from Night Dreams. So the minority sex positives are forced to engage in carnal theater for the entertainment of the negatives at Cafe Flash. It seems like I think 99% of the population is a negative. Yeah. And we do have an interesting story as well intertwined with this, which is that a lot of people are excited about the arrival of the famous positive Johnny Rico, and one negative woman is beginning to question her negativeness within her own relationship and or hiding that she's actually a positive from her spouse. This is one of the first ones we've seen that's had like a couple subplots going through the porn and it, and it wasn't a parody because, you know, there are parodies that have subplots, sub, you know, jokes going on throughout it. They built a kind of fleshed out plot. And this one also had a couple of actors that made it. I mean, Richard Belzer was uh, just in the crowd scenes, but he was, he's the Bells. He's been in every single Law and Order that they've ever had on television as the same character. And I would believe it's the woman who played Lana. She, Michelle Bauer. Yeah, she made it as a very uh, well-known B-movie actress. It's interesting to see that some people kind of made it out of this. And it's like, I'm going to have comments on Max's acting that I will get into that more as we introduce the character. But 
I really liked this one. Like there were some moments where I'm like, all right, that's campy acting, but there was some decent acting in this. Like not just decent for porn, but decent. Exactly. And actually, so before we get into the plot going over it too heavy, this is very much an art house film. And actually what's really interesting about this film as well is you can view it with the X-rated scenes, as well as this was playing in the movie theaters as an R-rated film uh, without some of the heavier sex scenes. I wonder if, and just, this isn't going to ruin the, I was about to say, it's it's a porno. It's not like I'm going to blow the plot for you. But a lot of the sex scenes had like simulated sex at the beginning of them. So I wonder if they just cut after the simulated sex. It's like, ah, they were doing performative sex and that's what we got in the theatrical cut. It's possible. Um, I'm going to have to go back and... Uh probably find the more R-rated version. But the film itself is, again, very much an art house type film, and it has won a number of different awards. AVN for Best Art Direction. It's in the XRCO Hall of Fame. It does have two sequels not made by the same directors, which, again, the Night Dreams people, you had, uh, I'm going to always butcher the name, uh, Steven Sayadan and Jerry Stahl. Mm. Also, I love the music to this, and I realized why, because it was done by Mitchell Froom. He's done The mm. Bangles, Randy Newman, Indigo Girls, Paul mm. McCartney, Pearl Jam. So the music was actually really well done yeah. to this. Go figure. No matter what you're doing in Hollywood, everyone's gigging. Clearly. This was in uh, 1982, so it was before slash in the middle of him doing all the work with all these other artists. So you know what? Everyone needs gigs. It's not like they were going to stop taking work from him because he wrote something for a porn. Exactly. Little different writing music than it is being on screen, unfortunately. To clarify, we only ever see the interior of the club, and it's, how do we describe this club? It's very dark. There's a stage. The door to the opening of it looks like a safe door to a bank, like, you know, the big giant safes. And it seems like there are environmental hazards outside still from this nuclear apocalypse. Like, at one point, a character, and this is kind of a side plot point, but at one point, a character brings a bird from the outside from one of the characters that has a speaking role, but I don't believe she's in any of the sex scenes. And it's like a surprise that this bird that was out in the wild is still alive. So it's like, God, but the I don't feel like being unable to get a heart on is the worst part here. I feel the fact that life is all dying on Earth around you and you have maybe one generation left is is the bigger problem. I mean, and that's what I was really curious about, because you would assume that if 99% of the population is unable to have sex and they're considered sex negatives, then I would make the assumption that not only, and just to clarify, these people, they get violently ill if they yeah. attempt or even touching one another, you start becoming violently ill. So I would assume- And we saw them try, like show the start of that. Yeah. Like, it's, I would assume that they're also potentially sterile then. They did make reference at one point to, you know, any guy with functional semen at this point to rock star, something along those lines, uh, when talking about Johnny Rico, who I kept on writing in my notes as Johnny Big Cock. Because really, when you give someone a name like Johnny Rico, what you mean is Johnny Big Cock. That's the name. He was decently but, sized, but we'll get to Johnny Rico yeah. eventually. Johnny Rico was a good non-speaking. You know what? He did what he needed to. Moving on. Yeah. It seems like life as we know it is is destroyed outside and that people in general cannot have uh, sex, that the organs are destroyed. I do wonder if they're able to have babies. That was not spoken about, but this is a porn. 
it opens up with Max on stage saying, good evening, mutants and mutettes. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what we're in for. And clearly modeled after, I want to say, Joel Gray's EMC from Cabaret. Yeah. taken to an extreme. And that was kind of the feel of the club they were in. Like, it was blocked off. It was very dark and dank. It also seemed like, you know, when you kept flashing back and forth from the audience to upstage, it did have a kind of Cabaret uh, feel to it. This was entertaining to me because Max is very over expressive while he's on stage. And that's a thing that, you know, you do if you're on stage anyway, because you're trying to make sure the back of the audience can see all the little things you're doing with your face. But he was a little over the top with it. He gets to a line later in the movie saying, you know, I was failing at all the Borscht Belt comedy clubs until this apocalypse hit. And I'm like, oh, God. So maybe he's playing the over the top acting on purpose to show that he was a failed actor. (gasps) I don't know if there's that much layering in it. Who knows? But so we get up and we get this, you know, introductory talk to the thing you're about to see. And he he's talking about this is the best action you're going to get in your condition. I just love the sex negatives, the tears of hunger in their eyes. I'm like, this is a weird way to welcome people like, hey, y'all can't have sex. Sorry, you can't. You look sad. I'm like, you're nice. And he's really interesting because at times he'll do crazy stunts such as wear a bonnet and a dress while hanging from a swing and he'll flip off the audience. He goes back and forth between being somebody who is really cheering on the fact that people are sexual and this is good and, you know, that people want to be coming to a club like this in a place where, you know, sex is painful, physically painful. But then he's kind of rapey in a few scenes that we'll get to more later. Like, he's kind of aggressively pro-sex in a way like there are some strange scenes in this like so i think we should discuss our first sex scene and just yeah. just to clarify the sex itself it's not very sexy it's very much art house stuff yeah i mean first sex scene they're like they introduce it by saying that uh, we're going to start off the tableau of desire and decline dad works mom stays at home with the kids and we open up to this and i'm like At first, I think that there are three women shaking a marimba in the background. Oh, yeah. And then I figure out it's three adult men in bibs with like gray and silver and whatnot sprayed all over their faces. And they're holding bones that are supposed to be rattles. And they're the babies. It's so strange. You have that in the background with, and you have a bored knitting housewife sitting in a recliner. And then suddenly from out of the darkness, you have not just a milkman but a milkman in a rat costume, tail and all. And by the way, I was a little nervous because knowing this is from the Night Dreams people, I was like, how the fuck is the tail going to be used? How the fuck is the tail going to be used? I didn't know where the tails was going to go. We've seen a a jack-in-the-box nose go places where no jack-in-the-box nose has gone before or should go again. We're still traumatized. Well, you're still traumatized. I'm still on the cream of wheat. I thought you were still on the six-minute cum shot. I'm still on the the fish head with the fetus that popped out of the pants. I'm still on our friend Matt Lee from a few weeks ago saying that he fucked a big mouth bass. I still want to discuss why he had a baby carrot in his asshole. And is that the proper way to toss a salad? You know what? Is there a wrong way to toss a salad? Email us, info at twogirlswonemike.com. And if you do toss a salad, do you involve a baby carrot in the asshole? 
That's a question. I feel like that would block the passage of the tongue to being able to toss the salad. But I think but it makes it a salad. But I think the carrot afterwards would be a delightful side dish. Uh, uh, With ranch uh, dressing. Uh, if you've listened to all of our episodes, <laughs> this all makes sense. If you haven't, you have to go back and listen. We had a survey on whether we thought honey mustard or ranch would be a better lube. Alice won because people sided with her with the, that it's ranch. And you people are all wrong. And a couple thousand of you guys participated. What's wrong with you? Why are like 8,000 of you weighing in on whether or not we should be using honey mustard and or ranch as lube? We have some concerns. Y'all know the correct answer is just straight up coconut oil. We know this. We can go simple. So Oh, on. wait, hold on, hold on. So we had someone write in and they mentioned they used butterscotch pudding. Butterscotch, butterscotch pudding. Okay. Wait, did they say it went well or that there were problems? Well, they used it to titty fuck someone. Oh, okay. It sounds delicious. I mean, you could lick that off after. Everyone could lick that off afterwards. It's group activity. It's just a treat. I can see butterscotch pudding working. Yeah, go to fucking town on butterscotch. Not into open areas if you, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. All right. So rap man fucking the housewife. How do yeah. we feel about that? So, I mean. Do we he, understand why he was a rat? Because I don't. Is it a comment on adultery? Oh, I think it's saying that he's in the rat race because he's a working stiff. So he's out there doing the working thing and she's at home and that's all I've got. That's the only thing I could possibly come up with. Here's the thing. He went like, I was looking at this before I realized he had a rat face on and he went right into her ass, kind of sniffing it. And it was, I felt like he was sniffing it kind of like a dog. I'm like, this was obviously before Disney Animation Studios was like, we need to bring live animals in to teach people how to act like the animals uh, or teach the animators how to draw like them so that we have realism. Because I think if he just met a rat once in his life, he'd know it's not a dog. That's all I'm saying. Clearly not a New Yorker. That's <laughs> Then again, we are famous for our pizza rats. And I have seen a squirrel in a tree with a taco shell. So that's my life. I read the pizza rat was a hoax. Was it? Fact check me, but I heard it was a... If pizza rat is a hoax, please email us at info at twogirlsonmike.com. I am exceptionally troubled by this. I'm going to Google it right now just to be... There was a guy who was barely famous for elaborate hoaxes, and he came forward as being the one behind Pizza Rat and a handful of other things. Oh, my God. It was one of those things that said, like, after I read this article and all of his work, it was like, it will make you question everything you know about reality. But I want to believe in squirrels eating taco shells. Oh, here we go. The person is Zardulu, Z-A-R-D-U-L-U. That's the person behind Pizza Rat and a handful of other art things. But it kind of the way it presents some of the art things she's done, and it's kind of like little stuff that she does in public to, you know, catch the public's eye that you'd think was just kind of happening all naturally. It makes you go, my God, what's real? I don't know anymore. Are people really drinking semen? Who knows? The answer is probably still yes. Yeah, of course. People are people. So husband's coming home from work. At first, she's like humping him, like while he's lying like face down and she's like playing with the tail. Again, Night Dreams people thought the tail was going to get more involved. Yeah. I'm not sure if I was happy or sad it didn't. Yeah, I'm like, that tale is long and this could go into weird places. What does that say about us, by the way, where we were like, oh, I hope they make use of the tale? We've seen some shit. We've lived. I'm so sorry, audience. We're broken in. We are rode hard and hung up wet. Something like that. So that's... And it's funny because each of these scenes, they kind of start off with simulating sex 
for a while and before eventually like, you know, getting into the banging. And I was I was a little disappointed. The actual fucking, the actual penis into the wife, that lasted very short period of time. Which for the actual reviews of this film, that was one of the major complaints of it, which was that the sex scenes were rather short and just they absolutely left you wanting more. Yeah. Uh, so this is not your traditional pornography where you're going to have a 20-minute sex scene. You're not going to have a 10-minute sex scene. The longest was like, what, five minutes? Maybe. Yeah. How much of that was foreplay? I mean, there was very little actual dick going in and out of a hole. There was equal to probably more time with a dick in a mouth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My personal favorite, though, sex scene next to Rap Milkman was... <laughs> was an executive with a giant pencil for his head doing a doggy style with his secretary. Was it the secretary? Because the secretary was, or maybe he has two secretaries. secretaries. Because we get in there, we just have to really quickly, because there's this other plot going on at the same time, the subplots. And Max, our our MC, meets this character, Angel. And he looks at her and kind of like sniffs her out. And he's like, I can fatella posi no matter. And he's, he's like sniffing out this person who he thinks is saying she's sex negative and is positive. And this goes further later on. But then we, you know, cut right back to the next sex scene, which is in an office. And the guy has a giant fucking pencil on his head. There's no other way to describe this, which is imagine where someone's head is. Now imagine that replaced with a pencil. That's what it looks like. That's exactly what it looks like. The head for the costume, it's like shoulder wide. So like it goes over the the full like top of like, it's not just the head. It's like, it's like an extension of his body at that point. It was a big fucking pencil. Like he was not, there was no way he could comfortably get into any hole for any head face based foreplay. I'm just, just I mean, saying. again, I was expecting some weirder potentially shit such as sharpening the pencil in i don't know in a in a vagina why is my brain going there because we're friends there's an amalgamation or a we've crossed the streams we have throwback to last week i didn't have a ton of notes on this scene because it was kind of the secretary has outstanding nipples the secretary a handful of times said do you want me to type a memo very and she it was a very robotic do you want me to type a memo do you want me to type a memo? And it was just very like, here is your art house bit of this scene. And like all except for like the very last scene, we get the simulated sex. We get a little bit of, of low job and then like 30 seconds of pumping, if that, before coming into a very large bush. Yes. They had not discovered razors at all There was yet. so much bush in this film. That was another comment I had from the beginning to the end. And by the way, was it just me or did... Going back to semen, clearly my favorite topic tonight. Is there something you want to tell me about from your, like, is there a PTSD thing? From my childhood? No. I don't want, if it's your childhood, that's that's out of my pay grade. (laughs) No. um, By childhood, I mean teenage years. By teenage years, I mean when I was like 18 and legal. Let's stick there. Oh. Oh, God. But yeah, so the semen, the semen itself was exceptionally... Maybe it was a contrast of how they filmed it, but it was exceptionally milky. and You could see it against the bush yeah. where me and it's maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm going crazy, but 
it was there. It was robust. It was like, that is icing on some hairy cake. They found some comers is what you're saying. There was, it was voluminous. They found the Peter North of like the 80s, I guess. Is there a certain volume of cum one is supposed to have to be considered a lot? Of, I don't know. But like, yeah, there was, I don't know if it was the contrast. Uh, it, like, you know how Bush is coming back yeah. right now and people are like, yeah, but it's Bush. different Bush. This is 2018 Bush. 2018 Bush is cleaned up. So there's lickable areas. It's the bush that happens after we've all been shaving and waxing for 20 years. And this is what remains once we've killed off a ton of our hair follicles. I don't know if waxing actually does that, but God damn it, it's thinner. I'm just saying. But like, there's not the bush now. Like if people are like, oh yeah, I like bush. Then you see 70s porn, you're like, you know, like there's bush and then there's Bush. This is the ladder. This is a lot of bush. And I mean, it was still fun, sexy, delightful porn. It's like just- you can get lost in this bush. And what I mean by lost, I mean, like, if you drop like a pencil or a penny in there, it's gone. You drop a ring from Middle Earth, that shit is gone and Saruman's not finding it. You got something lost in the bush and the crocodile hunter will not be able to retrieve it for you. You get something lost in there. Liam Neeson's going to make a phone call. You're going to get so lost in that bush, you're going to have to pray to St. Anthony to find it. We're busting out the Catholicism jokes. I like it. You're going to get so lost in that bush that you're going to find the Dead Sea Schools. You're going to get so lost in that bush, we're going to rename you Dick Cheney. You're going to get so lost in that bush that they're going to expect a report from you and Jane Goodall when you get back. You're going to get so lost in that bush, you're going to need Bear Grylls to help get you out. You're going to get so lost in that bush that the Ewoks are going to come a-calling. You're going to get so lost in that bush that Han Solo would be like, who you're calling scruffy? Uh, I get it. You're going to get so lost in that bush when you come back out, you're going to have a fur coat on. You're going to get so lost in that bush that Cruella DeVille is going to have to shave you out to make a coat. You're going to get so lost in that bush and Hathaway actually asked for tips when she filmed the first Princess Diaries. You're going to get so lost in that bush that they're going to have to send a rescue team after you, but because the government is shut down, we can't afford it. (laughs) You're going to get so lost in that bush that we're going to start calling you the check that's in the mail. You're going to get so lost in that bush, you're going to offer hair transplants once you get out. You're going to get so lost in that bush, PETA is going to put you on a list of endangered species to save. I feel like PETA doesn't care about humans, though. (laughs) Although, did you see PETA's newest advertisement? Oh my god. Just the face of the guy they open on, like... Oh, so to clarify, what if you haven't seen PETA's newest advertisement, go to their Twitter and or their Facebook. You'll see the video there. The whole shtick is they replace the genitalia with squashes, with cucumbers, with bananas. With eggplants, of course. Yeah. That was the whole thing. And it and it ends with, of course, them saying that your junk will work better if you go vegan, basically. So that's not true. That's number one. And number two, by the way, this is from two women who review porn, and yet we were disturbed by this video. So go watch it. I don't know if I was disturbed by it, but I was... I was unsettled, I was, at least. Yeah, unsettled is a word. I'm looking at this going... Y'all thought that a video of you guys kind of aggressively rusting. waving your fruit junk. Yeah, there was, there was rusting and it was weird. More thrusting than I saw in Magic Mike. More thrusting than we saw in this porn. More. <laughs> right? More. Possibly. More thrusting than I. What? More thrusting than the guy whose virginity I took. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, God. If you want to be semi entertained, I guess go to our Facebook page. Or go to PETA's or something and you'll see it. 
And I mean, PETA, like, I have a lot of issues with them, but here's something that, that truly deeply bugs me. They have the budget for a better advertising campaign to put these things through sensitivity groups to try to reach new audiences, to try to like get out to people. And they don't put this through like a test audience to see how does this make you react? Like they have a budget to hire a PR firm. Why, why haven't they done this? That is my complaint along with the, why are you waving your fruit junk at What me? I love, and I work with creatives my whole shtick is knowing that there's a videographer, knowing there's an art director, knowing that yeah. there are people who are in the process of editing this. And this had to go through multiple stages. And at no point in time did anyone say, "Yeah, what are you doing? Everybody said, no, this is fine. This is fine. We're going to cut this. This is great. Yeah. Keep this shut. Oh, yeah. Everyone was just like, high five. This is awesome. I'm picturing people like doing the jump and high five. Like good job, team effort. Fuck you. Like whenever a really horrible ad, like from a big company or a big organization comes out, I'm like, this went through a ton of people and none of them saw what was coming inevitably. And it's like, this is not the worst ad in the world. We've both seen way worse, of course, but like somehow like they didn't see that people are going to be like, really, PETA, you're waving fruit junk at us. I mean, really? Again, rather just have regular junk being waved at me instead of fruit junk. Show me the studies, not the fucking fruit waving at me like you're trying to thrust fruit into my keister. So anyways. <laughs> All right. So back to the porn. <laughs> so do we have anything else to say about this fucking pencil scene? You know, he came into her bush where we started on a rant about bush. And that's uh, now at the end of this, like we see our main two people we've been kind of following, Lana and her boyfriend, Nikki, they're leaving. <gasps> and I, at this point, I didn't quite understand what the reaction was to sex, what the neggy thing was. And this guy who I just kept calling the crypt keeper, uh, who was in charge of the door, <laughs> he's like, leaving so soon, friend, feeling a little queasy, show a little too good, couldn't quite handle it and i'm like dude why are you adding more creepiness to an already fucking weird like you're the guy who we kick out of these situations because we're like look people are trying to have a good time it's the post-apocalypse you go live in the nuclear waste why didn't that happen and, i mean i i think we could best summarize the story with they get back to their place they're trying to have an intimate moment unfortunately they start expressing violent illness yeah. when they try getting intimate with each other. Yeah. Uh, but later we find that our female protagonist, Lana, she's taking care of herself. No, she's fantasizing. She's touching herself. And she's on the floor masturbating for fuck's sake. Although so. fucking Max is being a creeper and watching from the fucking sidelines this entire thing. Yeah, like it's, I mean, I know we're, are we jumping ahead or no? No, not really, because there's all we have between them is just the girl being picked out as being a positive and the yeah. delivery of this bird as a gift. So okay, we don't gotcha. really have too much going on. My notes are, are more sporadic than they should be. <laughs> I mean, this film can be very quickly summarized, really. Yeah, basically it's, it's you know, a bunch of sex scenes from the people who can bang and this girl who leaves her man because she can bang and he can't. Here's the thing. There's a really, really easy lesson from this. You need a lifelong partner who is on the same page as you sexually. Yeah. Even in the post-apocalypse. I feel like it's slightly different in this circumstance because, 
look, there are people who have different sex drives. You know, there's women and or men who have much higher sex drives than their partners, which I mean, there's a level of differentiation you can work with, you know? Yes, absolutely. Like, I think if if someone's sex drive is cut down to maybe I want it twice a year and the other one's like, I need it three times a week, that's not work withable unless somebody says, yeah, you can go have sex outside the marriage. You can, we're going to have an open thing, but like not being able to have sex at all. And somebody who it seems like in the society are horny all the time. Yeah. Same kind of deal. And this was a bit torturous, frankly, I would say for Nick, because he sees his girlfriend basically go on stage and, Fuck, um, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Big Cop, Johnny Rico. But, like, what's fascinating to me about this is because, like, Max seems to want people to, like, have good things and have sex. But he's also kind of a fucking prick because we see Lana lying on the floor masturbating because she's kind of having this sexual awakening. I have a theory on this, and they never quite panned it out perfectly. But it seems like she and Nick were together before this apocalypse. And I wonder if she just never, like, had sex again because she was with him and he was negative. Like, so that seems to be... A, a factor in that or it could be why that happened but all of a sudden she's at the sex club and it keeps building up and building up and I mean you can only watch porn for so long before you're like you know something's stirring down below if you're a person who feels sexual attraction. You know I was also trying to figure out if the director was trying to impart some sort of political message with the HIV AIDS symbolism. It was 82 and the scare really hadn't started quite yet and they filmed it like. True and this was filmed in 81. Yeah, well, 80, so, 81, so I think like it Although was. Although AIDS had been around since the 60s, you're right. I believe the first year that it was documented in a medical journal uh, was 83 or 82. And I mean, I thought about that. I thought about negative and positive at first. And I'm like, wait, is this is the year on for this? And it it's like, if this had been made a few years later, man, it would have been some great allegory. But, you know, just we can give him credit that he didn't earn and say that it's allegory. For the AIDS epidemic. Well done, Cafe Flesh. We appreciated it. It's the original Rent. <laughs> Musicals and all. Yeah, I'll take it. Let's see. And then the last sex scene. I mean, we have a little bit of a lesbian moment uh, between the main character and another female. But Well, this was kind of to facilitate Lana going on. Are we talking about the scene where Johnny Rico finally yeah. moves out his stick? And the actress, Michelle, she supposedly had a body double for that scene. Really? Yeah, now I need to go back and watch it again. I thought she, and I was looking at it, I'm like, I thought her face looked different. And I'm like, I didn't know if they just put on different makeup. What? But like, there were, it did look a little, I don't know. I could be wrong. They didn't ever film like her face and her ass at the same time whilst the penis was in. So yeah, now I want to go back and look. But the scene started and Johnny Rico is fucking the girl he was originally supposed to fuck in this scene. And Lana's sitting there licking her lips. And this was after she's had her masturbatory moment. And it's like, ah, she indeed can have sexual pleasure without getting violently ill. And Max like goads her (laughs) into it. And there's this weird, okay, was this moment not weird to you where they're like pulling her down the hallway kind of like come to us in the sex positive world. And like the sex negative people are like, no. And it's, it was very. So so to clarify, after seeing a giant pencil fuck someone, as well as (laughs) uh, seeing a rat milkman 
fuck someone is a slow motion scene where she's being drifted towards the stage from the weird part. I just want to get clarification with you on that. Oh, yeah. And after knowing the night before that they'd met this woman, Angel, who Max had decided, you know, who just met her and decided, you're a posse, I know from looking at you, they, like, kind of surrounded her and, like, dragged her out saying, you know, we're taking her. She's a virgin. Like, it was like, oh, my God. And, like, here's the thing. The next day she came out saying, I love sex. It's great. And I was like, this is a strange post-apocalyptic world where people are like, we're going to talk about sex in a very rapey way. And then the woman's like, this was spectacular. I'm like, you know, I don't understand the post-apocalypse. I don't get the rules. Maybe the rules just reflect the 70s. Who knows? I just know that when the apocalypse comes, I'm going to have my five gallons of semen in my semen cookbook. <laughs> You're gonna. I was going to say, we're going to need those five gallons of semen. Will we need those five gallons of semen? We will need those five gallons of semen because I have a theory because this came out around the same time as Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. And she likewise predicted in her book or, you know, foretold in her book that the men would be sterile. Jesus. Okay. So So, there's so much little random stuff in this movie that I love. I I have a question. How long is semen viable with viable sperm? I'm sure, given my Twitter following of scientists and and various smart people, I can find someone who works at a sperm bank. It has to be viable for a fair amount of time because of a sperm bank. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people freeze embryos and sperm for a very long period of time. I'm going to guess as long as the temperature is, is kept appropriate, then they'll be able to stay for a very long time. I don't... So what you're saying is those semen ice cubes. Get that five-gallon bucket out of that closet and into a deep freeze, Alice, and we are going to keep the population going forever. All we have to do is call up that girl from Theranos because she can sell this totally. Oh my God. Elizabeth uh, wants to be Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever her name is. Holmes. Holmes. Yes. The weirdest thing about me to her, uh, like a corporate person lying, that's not weird. That's Tuesday. You know, the weirdest thing about me to her was in presenting herself out to the world. And we all do things to present ourselves as we want people to see us. But she really, the voice on her, she did that on purpose. She lowered her voice purposefully so that people would see her as more mass. I'm like, oh my God, why would you do that? She was trying to like create this corporate image without actually doing the work. And it's like, girl, Steve Jobs made the fucking iPhone. I mean, the team made it, but still. Regardless, though, he was a visionary that directed the team. And yes, he was an asshole. However... However, it was an asshole who pushed people to their limits and got shit done. And sometimes you need that. Yep. And this girl made equipment that sent out faulty test results. As a scientist, it makes me very angry. So we're going to move on from Theranos. But what are our thoughts on this thing wrapping up? Because it kind of comes to the end on just a happy face on Lana's face as she's getting some dick. Max seems to be a psychopath while he's just like tormenting Nikki while Nikki is watching his girlfriend getting the dick that he sadly can't give her. And Nikki leaves mad at life. Like... That's the end of this. I think the only thing that I'm getting out of this is that I need to get more creative with my roleplay. I don't know if I'm ready to put Derek into a rat mask yet. You know, maybe we should start. Hey, baby, I'm I'm going to be a secretary. I want you to be the boss. Come home. He's dressed like a pencil. Why not? You know, this isn't revealing too much. Uh, Our first date, we watched the movie Secretary. (gasps) Aw. Yeah. It's lovely. 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Punchline, we're married. So obviously I, it worked out. Uh, we discussed it online and talked about it and he just never seen it. So I'm like, we're going to watch this. But we had been we'd been joking online about Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm like, I have no desire to see that. And of course, eventually we're going to review it for this. Oh, why? I feel we should contrast it to a porn that has a similar plot. We should compare it to Secretary and we should talk about, we're not going to go through scene by scene. We're going to give a very brief synopsis. I think that would be the way to go about it. Uh, And then talk about themes and how they present sexuality. Maybe. That could be a good way to torture ourselves. And we're only going to do one Fifty Shades movie because fuck myself, no. Look, the only way we could do a Fifty Shades film recording is if we have Gilbert Godfrey. That's it. I need him reading those lines to me. I found my inner God. No, I can't do Godfried. <laughs> you got really oh. close. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll work on my Godfried. Any little not to be so close to the mic while I'm, wow, I'm doing that. Nah. So through the noise and crackling and it's hard to get to. Why well, work on so. it when we could just have him, Gilbert? You're coming on the show. We're going to make it happen. We don't know who knows you, but we're going to figure it out. Gilbert, call us because listen to that. I can't do your voice. No. Please join us. Let's be honest. You are the master when it comes to reading erotic fiction. I think our audience deserves you to talk about dicks being shoved into pussies so hard. That's the thing that I can't deliver the same way as you. No one can. Come join us, Gilbert. This is our plea. Guys, tweet at Gilbert that he needs to come on the podcast. Please. If we have... Five listeners that end up tweeting at Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> and explaining that we need him on our porncast. That'll do it. We're confident. It'll just take five. Maybe closer to 50. Please just just get this. To, I, I, feel, I feel this could be a banner moment in my strange little life of reviewing porn recreationally. You know what? If you know any weird celebrities or any D-listers, fuck it. We'll have them on the show. Hey, no one is a D-lister. They are an A-lister. Excuse who me. Booked- no, 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 no. No, I want people who are D-listers as in they'll take the D and or talk about it. <laughs> I was about to say, just an A-lister who hasn't gotten the gig yet. That's always my theory. Look, I like to say I'm the next Bill Nye. I just haven't gotten a, a deal yet. And it could probably never happen, but still, probably never will. Look, I still want Bill Nye to, you know, come on and talk about sex and sexuality and it's, everything. I want to hear about the fluid mechanics of lube. He's an engineer. It seems like it would fit. I want him to review porn with us. Is that so much to ask? I have a handful of people who follow me on Twitter and uh, that I'm like, I want to ask to come on the show. I want to nag them a little bit. And I think, I, I think that they are in the realm of people that I, I tweet back and forth with enough that we can probably drag them onto this. I'm trying to remember if when we were drinking with him, if I was, I, I'm pretty confident that I was telling him how to pay for porn. I think I remember that. This only indicates to me that he was playing dumb. I'm sure Bill and I knows how to pay for pornography if necessary. Well, do you recall going into detail that you can request specific clips from specific oh, actors okay. and actresses? Because that might be something that he was unfamiliar with because it's That's a fun fact, by the way. If you did not know that, if you have a favorite porn star, chances are you can request a clip from them. Directly from them? Yeah. Oh. That is something I was unaware of. Lena Paul, Saibe Pesum. How did you know? <laughs> I'm like, nah, I've said I've mentioned Lena Paul enough. I don't need to again. Look, she's pretty, okay? Hey, you know, I, I don't happen to have like a six foot paper 
cardboard cutout of Manuel Ferreira in my bedroom? I don't. It's in the guest room, obviously. You have to be a little polite to your husband. Exactly. That'd be like a weird, like, cuckoldry by proxy fetish. Like, you want another man to watch you. Ha- yeah, see how well I'm giving it to my... Look at me go. I Alice, stop talking to the cutout. <laughs> Manuel, do you love me? Shut up, Alice. Oh, God. This is why we're friends. And I think we could somewhere end. I don't, I don't even know. We've uh, This episode, I feel like, has been a complete mess. I mean, here's the thing. The porn was a crazy art house film. It had so many... It, there was more, let's talk about the theme and the weirdness. Like, there were some in, a couple of interesting little trivia things from it. I, I think we already went through this with Richard Belzer. The lead actress in it ended up getting a pretty solid career as a, as a B-movie actress. So a couple interesting little tidbits from that. This one had an interesting yet kind of crazy plot. I loved seeing all the crazy uh, 80s makeup with the blackout makeup on the eyes. It's like, let's just put purple everywhere. Dark purple. See how it works out. So we have some patrons to thank this week, as per usual, because I don't know why, but this is how you fund us. We spend our money on semen cooking lessons, I guess. Audio editors, pornography, and semen for cooking purposes. Look, Paula Dean always said butter makes everything better. We're going to find out. Yeah. Well, anyways, so. If you mix enough butter with semen, is it more consistent of semen or melted butter? Should you add in unsalted butter? Ooh. I think that's a, uh, a pressing question. Should you taste test the semen first? No. To understand Maybe. the brand? Uh, is there a sniff? I've never like. Uh, how often does one sniff the semen? Like, do you do you give it a waft? <laughs> I feel like these are not recipes you will be trying out for some crazy reason. You are saving that five gallon bucket for the apocalypse. So, <laughs> so by the way, uh, for our listeners who had no idea, we actually produce extra content for y'all. Uh, patreon.com slash two girls one mic uh for only five bucks you can get some semen recipes and i guess extra audio content from us and past guests because everybody needs to know about um who miss holocaust was because that was a beauty pageant we didn't need to know about yeah miss holocaust beauty contest the winner got free tattoo removal (laughs) don't yell at me i'm jewish allowed to make that joke i'm not allowed because i'm blonde which is how that conversation started. So going back, so you can support us on patreon.com slash twogirlswithmike, where, again, we're spending our money on semen cookbooks and audio editing. We're not spending it wisely. Or we're spending it, like, meta-level wisely, and we don't even understand it yet. Probably. And we have some fantastic patrons to thank, and some new ones, as well as some old, including... Andrew Gore, Sonia Eau Claire, Wendy Cornwall, Aaron Mayo, William Kane. Ryan Chamley, Maurice Struble, Nathan Dinkley, and many more. And if you can't give us five bucks, that's totally fine. The episodes are always going to be free. Just please leave us a review on iTunes and or wherever you're getting your podcast from. And or tell all your friends. Tell your chef, tell your restaurant to not cook with semen, please. It's disgusting. Tell all your friends who watch porn to tune into us. So tell all your friends. But you can always find us individually at Rational Blonde on Twitter or at the Babe. Or you can find us together, I guess, at uh, Two Girls One Mike Pod. Uh, you can find our Twitter handle easily by going to twogirlsonemike.com, uh, as well as all previous episodes. 
So come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. Thanks for listening to us, to us talking about a, a porn with a with a rat's face and a and a pencil. Maybe we won't disappoint next week. Who knows? Maybe we will. Never really know what you're going to get with the show. We'll try to get it up for more than 30 seconds next week, unlike this porn. Yeah. We'll try to satisfy. We do what we can. We're going to go deep. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.